From property standards to graffiti, short-term rentals and business licensing to parking, Welland's bylaw department know the rules and keep busy maintaining our community standards. If residents have complaints, how does this team get them resolved? When we park our cars, what can we do to steer clear of parking tickets? Here to talk City of Welland bylaws and best practices is Ali Khan, Manager of Traffic, Parking and Bylaws, and James Cronshaw, Senior Bylaw Enforcement Officer. It's time we learn municipal rules with the experts and get to know what's up, Welland. Today, we are joined by Ali Khan, Manager of Traffic, Parking and Bylaws, and James Cronshaw, Senior Bylaw Enforcement Officer, both for the City of Welland. Ali, James, thank you for joining What's Up Welland. Thank you, Paul. Uh, Looking forward to a wonderful discussion today. Morning. So you both represent the department that upholds the municipal rules for residents to follow. What are some of the bylaws that this department enforces? So, Paul, uh, we have various bylaws, but some of the most important bylaws are the bylaws that we usually get called on on a regular basis are the Clean Yards Bylaw which predominantly deals with the garbage issues and the tall grass issues. In addition to that, we also deal with uh, the noise complaints, which falls under the noise bylaw. Uh, We also deal with fence issues, which will be under the fence bylaw. Short-term licensing is is a new bylaw that was approved by council uh, a year ago, so we are now uh, actively involved in that. And in addition to that, uh, we also deal with property standards issue through the property standards bylaw. So with the, let's, if I can go off script a little bit, the short-term rentals bylaw, it's a newer bylaw. Has that been, has that kept your department busy because it is a newer bylaw and just as the community, as people get more familiar with it, do newer bylaws tend to keep your team busy until the the community gets more familiar with them? Definitely. It it does keep us busy, but I always use the word that uh, it's under control. Let's put it this way. So we are busy, but things are under control. Are there particular items that your department does not handle or are there items within noise or fencing that falls outside of bylaw and then you redirect residents to other resources or other other agencies for support or information? So a good question, Paul. When it comes to the fence bylaw, uh, so let's say if a complaint comes in about where the fence has to be installed. We leave that as a civil matter. We don't deal with those issues. We mostly deal with uh, how the the, the fence uh, is, like it's, it's, its condition. That's basically what it is. Is it rotten? Is, is it fallen? So those are the issues we usually handle. In addition to that, there are current few bylaws that we uh, don't uh, enforce ourselves. Those are the bylaws that are enforced by other agencies, such as, number one, uh, the, the, there are certain bylaws that the region enforce, such as the, the recycling, uh, the blue recycling boxes or, or the gray ones, or any garbage that's kept on the curb. Usually all those complaints are handled by the region. We deal uh, with garbage that's left on the private properties, anything on the curb that falls under the regional's garbage bylaw. In addition to that, uh, we have... Uh, uh, a dog's bylaw, cat bylaws, anything to do with the animals. Although it's a city bylaw, but that's enforced through uh, uh, Niagara SPCA, formerly known as Wellen SPCA. So for instance, uh, dogs barking. Uh, for instance, uh, somebody has too many cats uh, in their house. Uh, for instance, uh, animals uh, at large. 
all those issues. Oh, I forgot about an important one, um, bird feeders. So we have a limit of three bird feeders in the city of Wellen. You cannot have more than three, three bird feeders because the history to that is, or to the background is, we were having a lot of rodents issues as a result of people having a lot of bird feeders because the seas will fall and that will be a very nice grounding, I mean, <laughs> a location for, for the rodents uh, to multiply. So uh, back to your question, uh, any issues related to animal handled by SPC, any garbage left on the curb handled by uh, the region. What about something like motorized vehicles in areas that they shouldn't be? Who handles those complaints? A very good question. I think it's very important to for the public uh, of Welland to understand this thing that any moving violation in the city, whether it's speeding issues, whether it's uh, uh, lack of uh, obeying the stop signs, or as you said, Mark, uh, dirt bikes on trails, all these violations are handled by NRPS. So my request to the general public would be, uh, NRPS are great. We have an amazing relationship with them. Please give them that opportunity. Call them and they will do their best to handle all these complaints. And for something like that, if they do call the city of Welland, if they call the bylaw department, that's the information that they that will be relayed to them is that it's the NRP that enforces that. And you're going to say, you know, here's the contact information. Here's the number to call them because the enforcement component doesn't come from the city in that regard. Correct. Uh, that does not uh, stop any member of the public. If they feel to talk to us, they are more than welcome. They can call us. Uh, we can connect them with NRPS too because we know uh, the folks at NRPS in addition to the general number that they have. So anytime they need any further details, uh, please, uh, they are more than welcome to, to give us a shout. And ultimately, I mean, ultimately it will be NRPS, but we'll be more than happy to share any information that we have. So people might call in for some information, but they also might call in for to lodge a complaint or to share a complaint with you. Uh, other than parking enforcement, uh, people may not know that bylaw is primarily a complaint-driven process. What are the common complaints that do come in uh, that bylaw enforcement would go out and investigate and look into and, and that kind of thing? Great question. Um, the most common complaint that we get is refuse on private property. So that's my neighbor stockpiling bags of garbage and it's growing week after week. They're not putting it to the curb. So we'll follow up on that um, almost on a daily basis where throughout the city, various properties. Um, tall grass is a big one in the summer and then snow covered sidewalks are a big one in the winter. So if I'm a homeowner and my neighbor, as you mentioned, has uh ton of garbage on their property that just seems to be increasing. I call you. What happens then? Does bylaw come out that day? Do they come out the next day? What's the process to kind of resolve that issue from a bylaw perspective? Once we receive the complaint, um, it's going to get inputted into our city of view database. Um, it'll then be assigned to an officer to investigate. Um, they'll go out to the property, assess the situation. If it's a violation, they will issue an order give them time frame to rectify the issue, and then they'll follow up after that order expires. Um, once that happens, 
Um, they will have, if it's, if it's cleared up and the violation is gone, they'll close the file and move on to the next one. However, they may have to involve a contractor. They may proceed with charges and end up in court over the matter. Um, so it's up to the officer to decide at that point. So just for clarification, what is an order? Is it a written, like, is it a notice? Is it a, you must do this by, or is it a suggestion? What, what's just for people who may not be familiar with that term. What is an order? An order is, it's going to be sort of like a letter that you'll receive in the mail. It may be posted on your front door, um, giving you direction on what to do, what bylaw you're in contravention of, and how to resolve the issue. And then it'll give you a compliance date, a time to get the work done before we return. So I guess jumping on, dumping on that garbage uh, reference or uh, example so a neighbor has complained about a garbage mountain growing outside of their kitchen window in view of their, in their neighbor's yard. Timeframes and expectations for the person who's made that complaint, what is realistic? What should they expect as far as the process, as it gets resolved, as it gets addressed by the city staff? Reassuring that person that their complaint is being taken seriously, mm-hmm. how long are, are we talking? Or does it is that sort of case by case? Can you average it out? It can be a case by case issue depending on the scope of the work involved. If it's a few bags of garbage out on, on a property, our typical time frame is seven days. However, if you're getting into a property with a lot of garbage on it and it's, it's not reasonable to have that work done within the seven day time frame, then the officer may extend that time frame to, to give a, another week, another two weeks, depending on what the officer feels, but it's up to their discretion to decide. So you're assessing it by the situation. It's not just a hard and fast. It's always this. It's situation dictates the Correct. timing. Absolutely. And um, to set a, a specific time frame for all offenses just wouldn't be reasonable because every situation is so unique um, and has their own advantages, disadvantages to deal with. And um, that's why we're very, very fluid on the time frames. Um, we try our best to stick to a one week time frame. Like for most common offenses, it's going to be one week. Uh, when it comes to garbage, but there's the few that, um, they need that extra bit of work, extra time. It's it's a little bit more to it than just the few garbage bags out, out the side window. So, so Paul, further to what James said, uh, yes, typically in most cases, it's typically one week. I, I would also like to add that through the, through the council and through the CEO's directions, uh, we have a zero tolerance policy when it comes to garbage and tall grass. At the end of the day, uh, the council, the the CEO, the mayor's office, we all want the city to be kept clean and tidy. Uh, So if after a week, uh, the properties are not uh, being uh, complied with, with the order, uh, then what we do is we hire the contractor, we, we clean the property. Ultimately, the bill goes back to the homeowner. And in addition to that, uh, we have hefty fines uh, approved through the council, uh, uh, which is around $400. So my request to every Wellander is that please keep your properties tidy because at the end of the day, this is our city. We want everybody to contribute in making this beautiful city look even more beautiful. So that will be my humble request to everybody. We don't want people to be penalized. But if somebody is not taking care of their properties, I think we have a very clear mandate from the council and from our mayor and CEO to really uh, tackle those issues. And uh, I can assure you, 
For those property owners, there is zero tolerance. Other property owners who uh, are taking their properties, uh, they're, 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 they are keeping them clean, kudos to them, and, and I thank them for doing that. I just want to go back quickly to the timing issue or the, or the timing piece. So there's a fireworks bylaw that we have. I would imagine that's incredibly difficult to enforce because if I'm setting off fireworks at 11 o'clock at night, I can't necessarily get in touch with a bylaw officer because they're not working, correct? We don't have bylaw officers that work that late into the evening or, or do we? <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's two parts to that. Uh, number one, the fireworks bylaw is, is is enforced by the fire department. Okay. But if they need our assistance, yes, uh, through courtesy to uh, the city council uh, from the last, I would say, two years now, uh, we have an evening officer who works five days, uh, Friday to Wednesday, uh, from 5 p.m. until 1 a.m. And the primarily purpose for bringing that body was to deal with uh, uh, noise issues because previously a lot of these noise issues uh, were not handled, I would say, uh, effectively uh, because they would usually go to the NRPS. And I mean, we all understand how busy they are. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, an NRPS officer will not come to deal with a noise issue if they are already dealing with a homicide. So taking all that into, uh, into uh, consideration, uh, again, I'm very, very thankful to, the, to, to our uh, council, the, the mayor and the CEO for their supportive role for giving us that body. So now we do have an evening bylaw officer, uh, which can be reached out uh, by calling 905-735-1700, uh, which is our city hall number, extension 3000. And that phone call is then transferred to our officer and he attends any issues that occurs during those hours. That's great. So what I was going to say with the fireworks, so, you know, in this regard, if I'm setting off fireworks at 11 o'clock at night, there is a bylaw officer available that could come out and, well, I guess it would be through the fire department. My apologies. Um, but just that coordination, uh, because again, the fire department, the last thing we really want them out doing, much like the NRP, is, you know, having to go tell somebody, please don't set off the fireworks right now. And, you know, th there's there's so many more important things that they could be doing. So with the, the fireworks, it's, you know, more along the lines of let's be respectful, be mindful of your neighbors, that kind of thing. Because I know I've seen, especially around the holidays, some people, you know, they would post online, oh, why do you have a fireworks bylaw? It's never enforced. Everybody's lighting off fireworks. But it's, I would imagine, not a, an easy bylaw to enforce because by the time you get a call come in, you go investigate, fireworks are over <laughs> and there's really nothing to, to see anymore. Absolutely. It's a short window when fireworks are being let off. And it's also difficult for us to pinpoint where the fireworks are originating from. Um, sometimes even the neighbors don't know. And for us to pinpoint that location, it can be difficult. So the more information when someone is calling in for a fireworks violation, uh, the better for us to respond. If we can push the conversation towards parking for a moment, because I wonder if parking is one of the bylaws that between yourselves, between the clerks who deal with some of the inquiries, if there's the most dialogue around parking enforcement in the city, how do people, just best practices, how do people avoid parking infractions? What should they do so that they're not getting that ticket and then they're not having to deal with, well, paying out of pocket for a ticket? 
Thank you, Paul, for asking that question. I think this is a very important question that you've asked because myself, I have received a ticket. Not now, but <laughs> a few years ago in a different municipality because when I went to that municipality, honestly, just like many others, I didn't realize that they have an overnight parking restrictions uh, in the city. So back to your question, yes, parking enforcement does come under my division. Uh, we have a team of three officers um, that are dedicated to uh, enforcing parking. Uh, the downtown, we have an officer dedicated to the downtown. We have an officer, uh, which we call a floater, that takes care of the rest of the parking issues uh, through the city. And then we have a dedicated officer who is just allocated at the Niagara College. My suggestion or recommendation to anybody, whether he's new in the city or whether he does live in the city, he or she, uh, always please look out for the signage. Do not assume that there is always parking on the street. So that's the number one tip. Whenever you park, please uh, look out for the signage. Uh, and then other little clues, do not park in front of the fire hydrant. That's a big no-no. Uh, do not park uh, in an accessible parking spot. Uh, if if if, if someone is, is visiting a plaza or, 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 or any other facility where there are fire route signs, uh, please do not uh, park in those zones. So number one thing, look out for the signage. And then number two things, avoid these, these, uh, these locations, which are quite obvious. I mean, fire routes, there's always signage in, in there. Uh, sometimes people think, well, I'm just going into a, for shopping. I, I'm just going to be in and out. But you never know our officers is going to be there. So please do not make that as a habit. Park in a regular spot, do your shopping, spend your time there nicely. You don't want to spend an extra $100 or whatever. I mean, I'm sorry, I cannot give you the right number right now, but it's a, it's a hefty fine. So uh, that, that can be easily avoidable. In addition to that, there are certain bylaws, uh, certain infractions uh, that a lot of folks might not know. And I will take that opportunity. Uh, to discuss those two. For example, uh, we have a 12-hour parking restriction in the city. Uh, no one is allowed to park for more than 12 hours. So try to avoid that. Uh, parking too close to someone's driveways, we get a lot of calls on those. If someone is blocking my driveway. So again, uh, please do not park too close to someone's driveway. Uh, I believe it's a 1.5 meter. You cannot park uh, within 1.5 meters of somebody's driveway. So that's very important for uh, because these are the infractions for which we don't have signage. So that's why I'm bringing that up so that the general public realizes that. Another one, do not park within intersections, please. That's another one because otherwise we'll be flooded with signs. Uh, so that's another infraction that goes without the signage. A lot of times we do get calls Mr. Khan, there's someone parked uh, in, in our street too close to the intersection, too close to the stop sign. So those are some of the infractions that are avoidable. So I hope I answered your question. You did. And I'm going to jump on the 12-hour rule. That's a 12-hour rule for the municipal lots, or that's a 12-hour rule in general across all our lots, residential areas, so good question. Uh, for So this is for all streets in the city of Welland. You cannot park for more than 12 hours. When it comes to the parking lots for the municipal lots, each lot has its own uh, time limit. Uh, but the 12 hours is primarily for all city roads. So basically you cannot park for more than 12 hours. 
Great to know. I did not know that was that was a rule. Thank you for thank you for setting me straight. My pleasure. You can avoid your next parking ticket. I sure can. <laughs> um, another uh, area where there wouldn't necessarily be signage, but there could be an infraction in play is during the winter season, and we have our plows deployed, and we ask people not to park on streets so that they can, uh, so they being the plows can. Uh, can operate, get the streets cleared, all that kind of thing. When we're talking about winter operations and we're asking people, you know, to be mindful of where they're parking, where they're leaving their cars, what what, uh, what can you share with them as to A, why that's the case? And B, if there's maybe some best practices or ideas or tips and tricks, as Ali mentioned, to, uh, you know, to avoid getting a ticket there? Absolutely. I think the, the biggest key is uh, paying attention to the weather forecast. If, you know, we have a system coming through that's going to bring a lot of snow, please get your vehicles off the roadway. We don't want them out there because it's just going to slow down the plows and then that's going to leave unplowed streets by the time people wake up in the morning and they're ready to go to work and they can't. Um, so if you can get your vehicle off the road, if you don't have any room in your driveway, maybe speak with a neighbor. Maybe they can accommodate it for the night um, and that'll help everyone out as well. Um, we are out there when the plows are out there. We have our team that follows along. Um, we'll follow direction from the plow operators wherever they're having difficulties, and that's where we'll focus our attention. Um, it's, I think, a $60 ticket at this point. Um, and if it's um, stopping the plow from performing their duties, it may even be towed, which will just add up to additional even costs more, on yeah. top of that, right? And that's what we're trying to avoid. Um, we just want the streets cleared. We want everybody to be able to travel safely the next morning so everyone can get to work on time. So what about for the people who, uh, you know, who may call in and say, well, I don't have anywhere else to park. I, I, I literally cannot go anywhere else. What happens in that circumstance? We do have a program for that and they can apply for a snow clearing exemption permit. Um, there's a fee associated with that and they'll fill out an application. They'll advise us that they have no off street parking. Maybe they're in an older part of the city where there aren't any driveways. Um, so the only um, parking area for them is on street. Um, and what that snow clearing exemption permit does, it's kind of puts everyone on either the same side of the street so that the plow can get by um, and just kind of keeps them in one area as opposed to having vehicles throughout. Um, and that's the main key for the snow clearing exemption permit process. So we've talked just now snow clearing. We've talked parking. We've talked common bylaws, process com or complaints and how the, the process to resolve. Is there anything bylaw? And I'm sure there's a lot by law, but is there anything by law right now that we haven't gotten into that people should know just at that high level of, I'm not going to call it common sense, but just maybe it's common sense to you and it's great information for a listener. Great question. There's so much going on with bylaws. We can talk all day long, um, <laughs> but every situation is so unique. So sometimes we've forgotten about a bylaw that's on the books, um, but it comes up again every now and then. So um, nothing really out that's standing out to me um, at this time. Where is a great spot for people to go to keep current, especially if it is those not always on the books bylaws? Where can people go for more information? So, Paul, there, there, there could be a few avenues where, where if a member of public wants to know a little bit more about our bylaws, uh, the, the first place will be to visit www.wellen.ca uh, and then uh, scroll through, through the bylaws division. Uh, we have frequently asked questions in there. We have uh, bylaws in there. So I'm, I'm pretty sure most of their questions could be addressed there. 
if for some reason they feel there is any missing information that they cannot uh, read there or find there, uh, they are more than welcome to call the city hall again and uh, ask for uh, the bylaw clerk. And our bylaw clerk is fantastic. I'm pretty sure she'll be able to answer any questions that anyone has. Fantastic. Well, James, Ali, thank you so much for joining us today. That was uh, informative. And again, we're going to ensure Paul, he's got some tips and tricks not to get a, a parking ticket that, or that's a, my goal. a ticket of any other kind. Let's get um, through 22 without one. That's right. But before we, uh, before we say our final uh, farewell to you two gentlemen today, we're going to ask you the same question we ask everybody who joins us on What's Up Welland. Uh, James, we'll start with you just because the microphone's a little closer. Um, and Ali, it'll be the same question to you. Pineapple on your pizza. Are you a fan? Absolutely not. <laughs> and I think that should be the next bylaw that we come up with. <laughs> you might get a few complaints on that one because uh, the yeses the are... The uh, seem to be winning. Really? Yeah. That shot. They're, they're in the lead. Let, let's see what uh, Ali says to that. My answer is even a bigger no. <laughs> <laughs> so a bylaw is going to happen then. Got it. There you go. See, and James, we had you answer first just so you couldn't... Uh, you know, suck up to the boss and be like, "Oh no, I yeah, I agree with the boss. Yeah, for sure, no pineapple on pizza." So, the uh, that the relationship will continue happily on today for the two of you. <laughs> well, again, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it, and I have absolutely no doubts that we'll have Bylaw back on the show at some point in the future. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, James. It was a wonderful, wonderful morning session. Looking forward to many more sessions like this. And I will again take this opportunity and thank every Wellender for doing an amazing job. Uh, the ones that are not doing my humble request, please, please, please take care of your properties. So we're at that point of the episode where Paul and I bridged the gap on today's conversation with Ali and James. And thank you again to both for joining us. Uh, one of the big takeaways for me today was just, I think that reiteration uh, by our bylaw department that the system is designed as a complaints driven, complaints based system, as opposed to, uh, you know, a fleet of bylaw officers roaming the city looking for uh, infractions to to write tickets for. So, um, you know, when there are issues, when there are concerns amongst the public, the best thing to do is to contact our bylaw department to uh, inquire and ask questions. And if it warrants, then yeah, of course, submit a complaint because like Ali said several times, uh, you know, the goal is to keep the city beautiful. The goal is to keep the city, um, you know, a place we can all be proud of uh, and kind of maintaining our bylaws and adhering to our bylaws is one way that we can help ensure that happens. Paul, what about you? So I guess jumping off of that point you just made about um, asking questions and because we don't have a fleet of bylaw officers roaming the city, uh, we do have staff at City Hall who are able to answer questions and educate people. And especially with those newer bylaws, like the short-term rentals bylaw, um, People can ask questions, get the answers they need. As new bylaws get introduced, there are staff here to help people understand them. So great that it's complaint driven to get your resolution going. But if before it even gets to a complaint, if you need to know more about it, contact the City of Welland Bylaw Department and they can direct you. They can guide you. That is my big takeaway we are signing off for this week. If you would like to check out 
past episodes, you can always find them at engagewelland.ca slash podcast. And we will catch you right here next week. <laughs>